A stu stu Studio D production. Check your mic when you get on it. Just a check, 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 check. Am I on hey it? Yo, hey Am yo. I on it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, looks okay. like it. Uh, I think we're all kind of a little buzzed and maybe tired. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. Silly stuff. Silly. It's effed up family story time. Silly stuff. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Effed Up Family Storytime. I'm hey. Salem. And I'm here with Jess and Belle. Nobody yeah. jumped in. Hey I thought that was Hannah's thing. And if Hannah wasn't here, you did what what you normally do with the like. I don't know. Okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> I was just confused. I didn't know the rules. I was confused too. We didn't, I didn't talk know about what it I was really supposed to jump in. But as you can see, Hannah is not here today. We're all lost without you, Hannah. Yes, uh, we don't know what to do. How did we manage this without Salem? Yeah, you guys did a great job. <laughs> we were we were prepared to be without Rob. That's true. <laughs> I was very impressed with with uh, what I listened to so far. I'm not finished uh -huh. with the the second episode. What are you doing? <laughs> I, Waiting oh. for you guys to move on to the story. Are and you stuff? okay, Jesse? Yeah, I'm sleepy. Are you sleepy, Jesse? Sleepy. So how? Yeah, I guess that's I'm how Bell. Jess is doing. How are you doing, Belle? I'm good. Sleepy. We're I'm all good. sleepy. I'm good. <laughs> so we're here recording our 42nd episode. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good if you ask me. If I do say so myself. Yeah, and you do. And I do. And you I do. did. I did. So <laughs> we're having a good time. We're living it up. Living it Always. up. Party. Sorry for party rocking. I think she's is. having a seizure. It's, a, it's, a, it's an LMFAO song. Do you remember oh. them? Oh, I do remember them. LMFAO. <laughs> they were the gerbil square car commercial guys, weren't they? I don't remember. I, don't, I remember that commercial, but I don't remember what song it played. Nah. All right. Well, today we have Belle telling us the story. Yeah. Yeah. What are you telling us, Belle? I'll let you take over. All right. <clears throat> well... Um, the story that I'm telling t today takes place in Springville, Utah. Um, and it starts with this guy, and his name is Jensen McGee. And he lived in Springville, Utah. That's a with good name. Utah his, McGee. <laughs> Jensen. Jensen, Jensen McGee. McGee. Yeah. I think no, I like Salem Utah was giving McGee. him a nickname. Because like, <laughs> he's from Utah. He's like an outlaw. <laughs> Wanted Utah McGee. Utah McGee. Anyway. Um, he lived in a house with his fiance, his mother, Christy Strack, her husband, Benjamin Strack, and their three children, Benson, who was 14, Emery, who was 12, and Zion, who was 11. Say that again. He lived in the house with who? <laughs> his fiance, his mom, his mom's husband, and their three children. Okay. So his stepdad? Uh -huh. I okay. heard his fiance... Her husband, I missed the mom part. <laughs> and, and I was like, wait a minute. Are the three children his mom okay. and stepdad's children? Yes. Okay. Like okay, okay. Siblings. We have a hard time keeping so track he's, of So he's <laughs> Uncle Jensen with nephew Benson? Uh, half brother Benson. I love that show. He's, uh, oh, yeah, that's true. He's brother, Je brother Jensen and brother Benson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I love that show. And then Emery and Zion. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Jensen was 19 at the time. And one night he went out with his fiance on September 27th. And um, they came home after dark. And it was unusually quiet in the home. And after investigating, they didn't find anybody in the home. But the master bedroom was locked. And he couldn't get in. So he called his grandmother who lived nearby, Christy's mom. So his mom's mom. Does um, she have it going on? That's Stacy's mom, Jess. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so his grandmother, Valerie Sudweeks, um, came to the home, and she forced herself into the bedroom, and she found the five motionless bodies of the Strack family. So oh, no. Benjamin, Christy, and their three children. Okay, and and son Jensen and fiancé somebody Left to go on a date night. Yeah, they were out and okay. they came back and um, all and of his them were mom and his stepdad and his, his half brothers. brothers. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of them, um, Emery, is uh, his half sister. But oh, all half sister. Of, his all half of his siblings. siblings okay. His um, half siblings <clears throat> were found dead in the master bedroom. Okay. Um, and there was like no sign of a struggle or anything. But so Christie's mother frantically called the police, stating on the phone that the family all killed themselves. Mm. That's an that's interesting a, assumption. That's a wild speculation on her part. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the police arrived and they ended up finding. So Benson and Emery, the two oldest, mm. were laying on mattresses in the floor of the bedroom. Um, Christy and Zion were on the master bed under the covers. And Benjamin was found between the two of them on top of the covers. And he had one arm and one leg draped over Christy. Um, Springfield Police Lieutenant David Carson had said about the case, quote, this is the first time I've ever gone into a home and found an entire family dead in one room. Yeah. According to the search warrant, Valerie had said in front of police that she couldn't believe that she had done this to the kids, but she wouldn't elaborate any further. That's weird. Um, Upon investigation, police found empty methadone bottles, Mm. 10 empty bottles of nighttime cold medicine, and two empty boxes of allergy medicine in the family's garbage. Um, They found a red substance in Pepsi cups along with a pitcher of red liquid, and there was also red liquid found on Christie's lips. Um, There was also a purple sand bucket full of like a yellowish-orange liquid, and the police found a bag of marijuana and other drugs like sleeping pills. Um, wow that's a lot of drugs Hmm. um they didn't find any sort of suicide note in the home but they found a to-do list inside of a notebook that looked as if the family was like planning to go on vacation or something it had items on it such as like feed the pets and find somebody to watch the home they also found a letter that was written by the 14 year old benson um he had written to a friend uh, there was no mention of any suicide plans, but Benson had said that he wasn't going to be on the earth much longer, and he was allocating some of his belongings to his friend. That's wow. That's pretty specific. I'm not going to be on the earth much longer. Here, yeah. have my shit. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And you said it was in his handwriting. Yeah, it was like from him, addressed to his friend in his handwriting, hmm. and he was like giving away his. Well, that's interesting. So maybe they did kill themselves. Maybe Benson did it. Um, So police had to wait about a month for the official autopsy and toxicology reports, but they interviewed friends and family members of the Strax. Um, Police Chief 
J. Scott Finlayson said that Benjamin and Christie believed in a looming apocalypse and often spoke of leaving this world. Um, according to Lieutenant Carson, most of the Strax family and friends believed that Benjamin and Christie would just move to Montana and live off of the grid when they would say stuff like this. Um, well, yeah, who thinks, oh, they're going to kill themselves? Yeah, I mean, if anything, you're just like, oh, I hope you can get help, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. Um, so Alex Short, uh, who owned the Brick Lane Company, A.K. Masonry, that employed Benjamin Strack on and off for about seven years, had said that Benjamin was a solid employee at times, but would often stop showing up to work for extended periods of time. He would explain these absences away by saying that he was doing stuff for his wife. Um, court records did show that Benjamin and Christie had a history of legal and financial problems and that the couple had had to attend court-ordered drug treatment several years prior to their deaths. Uh. Uh, the methadone found in the home was dispensed by a drug clinic. And according to Short, Benjamin was at the tail end of these past problems, and he had rehired him on, and Benjamin had only been back at AK Masonry for about a week before he died. Okay. When the autopsy report came in, it showed that Benjamin Strack had toxic levels of heroin in his system. His death was ruled a suicide. Christy Strack had methadone, dextorphin, diphenhydramine, and doxylamine in her system. Her death was also ruled a suicide. Diphenhydramine is Benadryl, just in case anybody. That's the I only one know. that I knew, but I'm I just, just read all of these that and I was there. like, yep, write them down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all three children had toxic levels of diphenhydramine and methadone in their system. The two youngest children, Zion and Emery, were ruled to have died from homicide, and Benjamin's mother of death could not be determined. Uh, the Springville Police press report had stated that because of Benjamin's age, it was difficult to determine if he was capable to make a decision to commit suicide or con to consent to join with his parents in committing suicide. The other two children were obviously too young to consent to any sort of agreement to commit suicide. The police report also states that Benjamin was most likely the last to succumb to the toxic levels of drugs in his system due to his position above the covers on the master bed. Mm -hmm. So before the toxicology reports came in, like the big mystery about all of this was like all of these bodies had obviously been positioned. So right. like what had happened, you know? So are there two Benjamins? No, just one. Is Benjamin the dad? Yeah. And then Benson is the son. Did but I say Benjamin? Twice? What's the other son? The the little son. Zion is the littlest. And, was, and Emery is the, the girl. Okay, right. Because you said Benjamin, they couldn't determine if, so I thought maybe he was oh. Benjamin Jr. Is no, that Zion? Benson, Benson's manner of death. Because he was 14, he had written that like you right. know, letter to his friend, and so they didn't determine, like his manner of gotcha. death was ruled as being. I think that's why I was confused. But the confused. littler kids were, were homicide. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's why I was confused because I thought you were talking about the littlest brother, and I was like, but wait, he's younger than Benson. So, okay. <laughs> so that makes no sense. There we go. Okay, so Benson, and was Benson the last to die because he was on top of the covers? No, nope. Benjamin was the most the okay. last and to die. So Benson was... In bed with his mom, and then... Zion was in bed with his mom. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Zion so, was in bed with see, his Zion mom, was but the Benjamin, the dad, was gotcha. laying on okay. top of them. Okay. And so them. they think that Benjamin had positioned all of the bodies, and okay. that he okay. was the last to uh, die, maybe, basically, and that he had okay. just, like, crawled up. Maybe and, my brain just broke, but I felt like everybody was Benjamin all of a sudden, and I was confused. <laughs> Benjamin was laying in this bed, and Benjamin was laying well, with Benjamin Benson, in that Jensen, bed. Well, it's Benson, Jensen, Benjamin... <laughs> And then Zion. 
Um, so the toxicology report had also found that the yellow-colored liquid in the pail was a mix of cherry-flavored methadone, uh, dextromorphin, diphenhydramine, acetaminophen, caffeine, doxylamine, and ibuprofen. Um, they also believe that Jensen, the oldest son who was out and found everybody, um, was had no idea of these plans or anything about wow. the mur- murder-suicide case. That's crazy. The yeah. amount of drugs, like, they made sure that this mm-hmm. shit happened, whatever, whoever did it, if it was suicide or not. They made sure there was enough drugs that they weren't going to, like, accidentally, like, Survive. pull through. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> and that's the break. That's the break? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. All right. Going on um, a break. Cool. I don't even have to pee yet. This is I weird. Know. I know. I did it real quick. Nice job. There's all right, all right, all right. We are back. Yeah. yeah. So should we just dive back in? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get to it. Okay, so before the break, we kind of talked a little bit about what happened and what the investigation kind of illuminated. So now the question on everybody's mind is like, why? Why did this happen? Yeah, this is a weird thing. Was um, it really a suicide? First of all, that's a question on my mind. Was it really a suicide? And then if so, why? That's what they determined. All of their family members that they had talked to, um, a lot of things that I had read, like spokespeople for the family had talked about how they were talking to like the National Center for Mental Illness before they released any information. Like It was pretty well known within their personal community that they... The couple were experiencing some some issues and dealing okay, with some so stuff. Okay, so it was pretty <clears throat> obviously a suicide. I mean, I guess the way all the drugs were and the way they were prepared and well, stuff. And the way that even Christy's mom was talking about it, like just like I can't believe that she would do this. You know, like the like nobody, from what I understood, like everybody was sad in their family, but, but nobody, nobody was really surprised. seemed surprised. Okay. Okay. Just from what I gathered, I don't want to make like you know make assumptions, super but that's what yeah. Assumptions. But from from what I had read, it you know, just like you know, everybody in the family pretty much understood that they weren't doing well. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I had Jess as my second do a little bit of research on Dan Lafferty, um, because it. And the atrocities that that man committed mm. are connected. Oh, okay. To... All right. So, yes. so Dan Lafferty. <clears throat> what's interesting is uh, he comes up because he kind of put a lot of this into motion. So Dan had two brothers, Ron and Alan, and they both all three had gone on. They were all three LSD um, devout Latter Day Saints. Um, Members, there we go. That's what I want. <laughs> and they had all gone on their missions and come back and married and had families. Well, then one day, Dan, who is the middle brother, starts deciding that LSD is not the not strict enough, not right enough, and is starts LDS Latter Day Saints because I keep thinking you're talking about them tripping on acid yeah, and. No, but it's Latter-day Saints. That fits with some of the Mormon history, but... (laughs) Sorry, sorry, LDS. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, But Dan actually started kind of taking things to the extreme. So the beliefs that LDS had about 
uh, women and, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, he was he he went beyond that and actually started speaking to other people. He gained followers. Oh, now through this all, his family is having their concerns and, you know, we don't think this is right. But he somehow convinces his brother, Ron, to join him. And when his older brother, Ron, joins, Ron kind of takes over and takes on this role as like a prophet. And so he starts speaking to the people who are coming and he starts saying things like he, you know, was getting messages from God, um, things like that. And so then, you know, their youngest brother, Alan, fought and was like, no, I don't want to join. And they kind of got him to join a little bit for a while. But then he was like, this is crazy because that because he said this is crazy because Dan and Ron came to him and told him that Ron had a vision that his wife, Alan's wife and child should be removed from this world. And Alan what? was like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Yeah. Kind of, you know, only in Mormon language that he wouldn't I have would said fuck. I would be a little bit more like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Don't ever come to my house it, yes, again. You want to kill right? my wife and my children? And I think part of it was that, so Alan's wife, Brenda, was probably the most outspoken of all of the sisters-in-law. And she really was like, what are you doing, Alan? This is stupid. You can't do this. I'm not going to be part of this. So eliminate Um, the... um, Dan's wife, I know for sure, left him. I think Ron's wife left him with the kids. Like none of the female in the family wanted to be part of it. And instead of Brenda leaving Alan, Alan was like, this is stupid. And he kind of left Dan and Ron. Yeah. Um, which I, this is my personal opinion, think kind of pushed Ron to actually finally kill Brenda and their son. Okay. Uh, because I think he thought Brenda was keeping his brother from him. That's just speculation on my part. But as I just mentioned, so in 1984, um, on July 24th, uh, Ron and Dan go to uh, Brenda's house. Brenda's there. Um, by herself with their, I said son before, but their 15-month-old daughter. And the daughter's in her room in a crib. Um, He claimed that he received a revelation from God in which he was instructed to remove certain people, which included Brenda and Erica, the baby. So they go into, so they go. A revelation from God. To kill people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a revelation from God, kill your competition or kill your... Right. Like, it's like, yeah, anyway. Destroy your enemies. Um, <laughs> it's just such a bullshit excuse. I know. So they go in and they and Ron um, is the one who um, ultimately um, attacks Brenda. Um, they... And used a vacuum cord to wrap around her neck, and then they slit her throat. Damn. And she was found lying face down on the living room floor when they found her. Jeez. Back in the bedroom where the 15-month-old daughter is, Dan Lafferty is the one who went and slit the baby's throat. So when... 15 months old? Yeah. And I believe, if I remember right, Alan was, like, away on business or something, so... Um, no, it was legit. Like he actually, I think Ron and Dan took advantage of the fact that Alan wasn't there. I mean, that's, that's his niece. Mm-hmm. They, he but did God that told too. him, think about all the stories Jesus. in the Bible. How many, 
what was it? Abraham was going to kill his own son, right? Yeah. Like, because God said so. It's fucking horrible. So that's uh, Dan Lafferty in a nutshell. Okay. All right. Well, Christy Strack was only six when Dan Lafferty and his brother murdered Brenda and her 15-month-old daughter. Um, but that didn't stop Christy from developing an obsession with the case and in turn a close relationship with Dan Lafferty. At six? Well, no, but when she was six, this, the case happened. But then as an adult, she... Okay, sorry. I thought it started when she familiar. was six. <laughs> sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so Christy read the book that chronicled this Lafferty story, and it's called Under the Banner mm-hmm. of Heaven by John Krakauer. 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 Um, while reading the book, Christy had a dream about Dan, which caused her to reach out to Lafferty's daughter, and they began to form a close relationship after that. To Dan's daughter? Um, well, no, to Dan. She reached out to Dan's daughter to get in touch, get with, Dan. In gotcha. touch with Dan. Okay. And then she and Benjamin started visiting him all the time. Oh. Um, according to really? the Springville Police Corporal Greg Turnbow, Lafferty was very close to the couple and even wanted his remains to go to them. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it gets weirder. Um, Lafferty became close to the couple about 10 years prior to their deaths. Um, He said that he and Christy had fallen in love, which was something that Benjamin knew about and was, you know, didn't care about. Lafferty and Christy had fallen in love. Uh huh. And so if she was six when he committed those murders, he, then he well, was. Yeah, it was like in the articles that I was reading, it was like said something about how they had, like, he would, like, you know, speak to her as if she were one of his children or something. I mean, he's got to be and, like at least 20 years older than yeah. her. In one article that I read, he was like 66. And I think it came out in 2015. So right after this happened, because this happened in 2014. For context, I don't think I mentioned that in the first half. All this is happening okay. in 2014. Them meeting or them dying? Them dying. Okay, so the murders of the uh, Strack family, is that the right last name? Yeah. It was 2014. Um, was 2014. Yeah, so okay. they would have met in about 2004 okay. or so. And the murders of Brenda and Erica were in 1984. So, okay. so she was six in 1984. So that's 20 years later. No, that's 84 to, to 2004. So 20 years later, she's developing this relationship it's, with him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Why she are was, we so obsessed with time? She was 36 when names. she died. Okay. I was just kind of curious. Like, he's... So that's weird that she's forming this relationship with this guy anyway. I just personally just think it's weird that anybody married, would want to form also, a relationship with the convicted murderer. Yes. But he's also, like, significantly older than her. So it's not like... I'm not even here to judge about that. I just I'm do not, not judging, understand the women that are obsessed with serial killers. I, I don't get it. Go to therapy. It, I can understand it a little bit more if they are, like have a sexual appeal about them because there are Even some then. women that really like a bad boy or Go whatever, to but like your dad, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't get that's some weird father figure shit or something. Maybe. I don't know. I agree. The whole convicted killer. I don't understand people that f- 
start relationships and then get married with somebody who's been in prison like the entire time that they've but known them. I don't understand may, that. I mean, but we don't know. She may have felt but she may anyway. have been as twisted as him and felt a weird connection yeah. to his beliefs and yeah. his new. Obviously, she was kind of twisted because she bought oh, yeah. into some of his bullshit or I don't know. Or um, gullible. At maybe. one point, anyway, she speculation. <laughs> at one point, she had requested that he cut off his waist length hair and beard and send <laughs> it to sorry. her. Cut Which, off his and I, I just she, totally was She kind of paused a little. <laughs> that's because I didn't want to stutter. His okay. waist length, because that's hard to say. Um, his waist length, hair and beard. Which one thing that I had read is like due to his beliefs, he like grew out his hair mm-hmm. as like part of like the original Mormon prophets or whatever, you know. Yeah, and, and, hit, and he, hit several pictures his beard's like, like down yeah, to his like waist tied. and he has it tied. Yeah, um, he cut it off and sent it to her upon her request. Shit. Um, the couple visited Lafferty frequently, which usually didn't raise any concerns with police officials. Um, but in 2008, Christy attempted to pass her brother as her husband in order to get her brother in the visitation. And it was also in 2008 that Christy and Benjamin pled guilty to a number of criminal charges, such as forgery and drug possession, which were the charges that were mentioned um, from part one. Um, but because of all of this, they had their prison visitation rights revoked and the French friendship between the Strax and Lafferty began to taper off. Mm. Um, it was also in 2008 when the couple began to homeschool their children, um, which doesn't really, you know, just. I mean, fact. it's not always a bad thing, but no, but if you're but it's you kind know, of like about I mean, isolation. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. If the, usually... And that's part of why I mean, I personally don't think that Benjamin's case should have been ruled undetermined I, or Benson's Benson's murder case. I, I think it was a murder. I think Benson, because even if it, even if he, he had chosen to take it, he was isolated. Brainwashed. He was, yeah, it was not his He was decision. made to believe what his parents yeah. said he yeah. should believe. But so that's why I included that in there. No, <laughs> no I get it. Like, just because it's homeschool doesn't mean it's bad. But no, I if mean, they if end up all dead, kids. if they end up all dead in one room, then homeschool might have been part of that isolation right it's a piece that can yeah, go with the rest can of the story to it i mean if kyle and i have kids we're probably gonna homeschool because i don't trust the public school kids system wait too. you're gonna homeschool kids or is I'll, kyle gonna I'll homeschool them i'll are, do it are you gonna up your add medication i'll be good i was good at school i was good at school i want to homeschool kids yeah mom and i can start a school for I'm my whatever kids that i'll never bell have. i know <laughs> so After the Strax had their visitation rights revoked, um, Dan and Christy exchanged letters for a bit. But Lafferty, (laughs) like, insisted that he was the prophet Elijah in a world that he believed was hell. And when Christy, like, refused to believe his claims, um, he just kept insisting. And she eventually stopped returning his letters. According to Dan, he hadn't spoken to the couple several years prior to their deaths. And had no idea about their plans or their mindset when they committed the murder-suicide. He did, however, speak on his philosophy, which he refers to as his insanity, saying, quote, My insanity messes with people's lives. It's just the way it is. Didn't really say anything else about it. That's, like, interesting that he identifies it. Like, he identifies with being insane and, like, accepts it. Like, that's interesting to me. Which means he's not insane. I think, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I thought it was always if you can question your sanity, then you're not truly insane. But is 
is looking at your insanity and then just accepting it for what it is. That's it's not really questioning. I was going to say, because he's not really questioning he's it. He's just, just like, accepting it. It is what it is, <laughs> yeah. bitches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's a, is that's that, really it. That's I mean, we'll never truly know what happened or what they were thinking. Um, why they killed themselves. Yeah. Why they thought it was necessary to. Mm. Huh. Yeah. But, interesting. Well, that's a good just story. kind of a sad story about a it troubled is. family and it's. And the Sad poor the kids well, and had their lives say, taken from them too soon. Didn't you say towards the beginning that the fiance Valerie? That was a grandma. The grandma's Valerie. Oh well, whoever it was who said, "I killed my family," didn't some? Oh yeah. Say that so at the, the grandmother called, and um, had said to the police that the family had all killed themselves. Right, but then I thought you said like when Jensen and his fiance got back, one of them said something about killing. I could just I be can't making shit I up. Did this yeah, I can't, I can't believe, believe I, I killed, killed this them. to the girls. It was when the, uh, the police I mean. were there. Valerie, the grandma, had said, I can't believe she did this to the kids. Oh, I oh. thought she was talking about herself when no. she said that. Like she, like, like, she said she couldn't believe she did it. Not like. Okay. I also <laughs> thought quote. you said I like she was talking about herself. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, so okay. ignore all of that, I can't believe she guys. did this to the kids. That yeah, makes more she sense. She okay. this to the kids. Okay. Okay. Well, that was a good story. It's it very, really was. very weird and disturbing it's just a little an, bit. Yeah, an interesting connection that you have this guy who thought he knew better than the religion that he followed his whole life, and so he made it bigger, uh-huh. recruited his brothers. His, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and his brother, you know, one of his brothers even became more prominent than him, but he still saw himself as a prophet. And then all of a sudden, a woman who had become fast friends with him mm-hmm. murders her family. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even though she had pulled away from him before the murders and didn't have contact, you know, he obviously influenced her belief system and Uh makes, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Makes me wonder what was said to Christy and Benjamin in those visits that they had. How much of this was encouraged and planted by Dan? I mean, according to what I read, according to Dan, he had said that they didn't talk much about like end of the world or whatever. But obviously, if she was like dreaming about him, you know, like his philosophy or whatever had to have struck a chord with her. Yeah, well, and... And I Someone think, like Dan is probably not gonna admit that if even if it did happen. If it did, yeah, because you know? even though he's in prison, it's just like prison for life. He's currently serving a life sentence. Yes, um, not because they changed it from a death penalty, right? I found that online. Like, oh, really? This the sister of Brenda said that death penalty in Utah is torture because it takes them so long. Because as in most states, if you're on death row, you get an excessive number of appeals and they cannot execute you until you've either run out of your options or you d- have denied those appeals. So uh, Ron ended up dying in prison before, cause they were both sentenced to death row to begin with in, in the eighties. And Ron actually died of old age because he had drawn it out so far with all of his allowed appeals. Yeah. And so she actually went and like created this whole thing and got a thing passed in Utah to get rid of the death penalty because she said it's not closure if you think they're going to be put to death and then they're not and they keep dragging the well, case back into court every single time you have to 
go. Like every single time they appeal, you know, mm-hmm. the family well, has to, that yeah. all of that trauma well, from what happened is bringing drug back yeah. up. Yeah, and, and if you're on death row, you it's easier to get an appeal too because there's this idea of not wanting to kill an innocent person. If you just sentence someone to life, like that's then more closure because yeah. they don't have, they have to come up in, in most cases they have to come up with new evidence yeah. to get an appeal if they're just sentenced to life versus on death row. Yep. So anyway, well. I've been watching too many TV shows. So <laughs> everything I just said could be totally wrong. It's all from, well, Kelly will listen to this and, and correct. She totally will. Pull it up in Come the in next quick right. show. All right. Which Kelly, I absolutely. Us. Yeah. Oh, I know. Bring it up on the next oh, yeah, clip yeah. show. I absolutely. love it. Yeah, I really like appreciate that. The discourse. Call us out. We yes. like yeah, it. Yeah, and if you listener also notice that we're saying something wildly wrong and out of touch, also call us out. Please. Or if you have an email opinion, us. yeah, you can email us ffsthepodcast at gmail.com. gmail.com. You can also comment on our Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. We're on those at FFS the Podcast, and you can also look us up by searching Effed Up Family Storytime, E F F E D. Yep. So reach out to us. So do we want to move on to happy thoughts? Sure. Yeah. Things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. That's right. That's what they're called. Things so that don't suck. I talked loudly too much today that both of them, the suck was not very good. And it was kind of, my voice kind of gave out. You got to get on more podcasts so that. Because I've only been on the last I know. like six. <laughs> I don't know. We got to record every day. Um, so who wants to go first? I can go first. All right. Um, my thing that doesn't suck is that in April, Kyle and I are going to be going to Hawaii with his parents and his mom booked a spa day for me and her to do when Kyle and his dad go golfing (laughs) and Kyle and I are going to go on a road trip to the volcanoes. That is going to be cool. I'm really, really excited about it. Let's hope that because my immunity from when I got COVID and missed the New York trip is running out about right before when I go to Hawaii. Oh, whatever. Uh, Quit jinxing yourself. Fingers crossed that I get to go to Hawaii. You're going to be good. (laughs) Oh, Um, that is keeping me going. I think that's exciting. That is cool. That sounds fun. Do you have something, Jess? Um, my happy thought, um, I'm just really thankful for Steve listening to our show and yeah. being our biggest supporter. Biggest fan. Bushemi. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, things that don't suck, I'm still here. Yeah. I yeah. guess that's good. Yeah. Do the thing. <laughs> my hands still work, even though they're getting more and more stiff and swollen by the day. Oh, but they work. Yeah, they work. <laughs> That's good. Uh, my thing that doesn't suck is that since I want to say it was uh, well the second, third week in December, we have been putting out weekly episodes, mm. and I'm just really proud of myself for yeah. being so dedicated to this podcast. I'm proud of you, too. I'm dedicated <laughs> to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dedicated, dedicated, dedicated to this podcast for all our listeners. Just so you can be part of our family. We love you. I don't know what else to sing. So cut that all out. Yes, that's my thought too. No, keep all of it. It's like a bonus, like five minute episode. 
podcast family jam. And you listeners, one of your things that doesn't suck is that I am busy and also lazy. And so you might get great content that if I have more motivation would only be available on Patreon if you paid. But maybe I'll just give it to you for free. There you go. Things I mean, that don't suck. If we get big Things enough, we might get suck. advertisers and we wouldn't need Patreon. I'm just, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of work. I know. <laughs> That's one thing that all of us main people on the podcast have is a, a natural Aversion. talent to push things off yes oh. very good yes <laughs> i was gonna say a natural aversion to hard work well there's well, that, that too <laughs> yeah that too i just think i said it in a much more polite way may, maybe a little tact i don't know i'm not good at that so well uh thank you all for listening i think we're gonna yeah, go thank you yeah Hasta la vista. Have a great night. Lock day. your doors. Whenever you're listening to it's this, a have a great scary whatever. world out there. Life. Have a great life. Don't be boring. Don't be boring.